Welcome to Kick the Piss Podcast. We are bringing back the fun into sobriety. Podcast number five, where we have a special guest on the show, his wife, Amanda. So welcome to the podcast with your host, Jason, and his wife, Amanda. Uh, this is Jason from Kick the Piss, uh, and we've got a special guest here today, and that's my wife, my beautiful wife, Amanda. Say hello, Amanda. Hello. And so today we're going to talk about how with Kicking the Piss and, and basically my relationship with Amanda and my relationship with alcohol, or should I say my long-term love affair. 25 years actually was the love of my life until I met Amanda, oh. and here she is. So we're just going to go through and just briefly talk about our lives and our journey together with with kicking the piss and getting to the point where we are now, where we're starting to be leaders in the community of sobriety and helping people that want to move forward in their lives. And and we want our lives to be like of, of purpose. And, and by sharing our journey, I mean, I'm sure like nobody wants to you know, spill their beans and talk shit about their lives. But if we share our journey, hopefully you can take something away from it and I use it in your journey because what the whole thing about kicking the piss and the kicking the piss philosophy is that you're going to kick the piss and then you're going to move forward in life. It's not about just stopping drinking. It's about kicking the piss and moving forward. So yeah, Amanda's been through me with me for <laughs> through like for a long time in with this journey. So she knows me better than most. So hopefully she doesn't give too many of my trade secrets away. So. Without further ado, we'd just like to welcome you, Amanda, and say thank you for agreeing to be in this podcast oh, and so being with thank me. To, let's go through your journey and, you know, when you met me and stuff, and then you want, maybe you could talk about that. When I met you? Yes. I met Jason in 2009. Yeah, met Jason online, and I guess funny, strange thing was that I worked at Woolworths, and so did he, and I'd often seen him working. He was a night baker, and I used to work until midnight. So we'd often, I think, from memory, like be passing each other. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. I'd seen your face, but I couldn't, when I did meet you, I wasn't, yeah, I didn't know straight away, oh, yeah, that's where I'd seen you from. But anyway, so, yeah, we started going out, yeah, we met in 2009, I previously was married and I had two children to yeah in that marriage and that wasn't a great marriage yeah that ended yeah which is good and I met Jason and I guess when I met Jason I didn't actually recognize that there was an issue or a problem for quite a while and I don't know whether or not it's because I didn't want, I probably maybe because I didn't want to see the problem. And I don't think the problem was that huge when I'm, when I met you. I do remember when I met you, when I first went back to your house for the first time, I saw a, not a million, but like probably, I don't know, probably 20 empty beer bottles on the sink. And I remember the thought in my head was, oh, that's weird. That's a lot of beer bottles. But then I never gave it another thought. It wasn't a big issue. Well, 20 is not really a lot. It's only like a morning morning kickstart. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. If I saw that today, like, I would probably run. No, you'd probably go, well, why isn't there 24? Where's the other four? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Or you'd be like, oh, can I have the other four? 
Yeah. And I'd be like, no. <laughs> They're mine. Yeah. And there you go. So early on, it wasn't really a massive issue for me. I didn't, yeah, recognise that there was a massive problem. Like some strange things happened along mm. the way, which were quite trivial and just ridiculous really, but not huge big problems in the beginning. What did you find as the trivial, <sighs> strange happenings in, oh. in the world of Benno and kick the piss? There was just like like instances where maybe you might have gotten up and vomited down a wall. And I'd be like, oh, that's not good. You're not feeling well. And, yeah, maybe too many drinks. And But that would be, I'd be like, oh, that's no good. And we'll just clean it up and move on. Or, bloody, bloody food poisoning. Yes, that was a, what, a line that I've heard before. Yeah, I've had food poisoning quite a number of times. But I've often funny. got the blame for that. Yeah, and the the funny, well, it's also funny, very funny when you get food poisoning and you haven't had any food. It's funny yeah, how that, that happens. It can happen other things oh like just really just like annoyances and or more than annoyances really like hopping up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet and like I can hear like in the bedroom I could sat up and could hear the window smash and I thought what's happening and Jace was urinating through the through the window that he'd broken so that was quite quite bizarre and quite annoying and quite different because it takes skill to be able to piss through a window. Not only am I resourceful, I'm clever. Yeah, so along the journey with my resourcefulness and cleverness, what other things do you think that would be relevant? Would be relevant? To the over time, yeah. you said it wasn't really an issue like at the start. So well, at the start it wasn't really. So how did it progress? How did oh, it progress? Yeah. What do you think the journey was? Oh, well, well the journey, yeah, it was an up and down journey. Yeah, mm. I think you were a real hit or miss. So, like, you know, one one you know, if you drank 100 times, 90 of those times could have been okay yeah. and there'd be no issue, no dramas, and it would be, you know, just a normal night. And But you just never knew what was going to happen. One of the things I didn't like about the drinking was because I'm actually, like, I don't really drink, but that's not... Yeah, I just don't really like it. And I've always been like that. Obviously, I was a teenager once and I've had some times where I've drank a fair amount of alcohol, but not on a regular basis. Maybe if I was just going out or just going out to a party or whatever, but it was never a part of my lifestyle. Yeah, Jason would drink and I wouldn't drink. So drinking wasn't part of your... Well, it wasn't part of my culture or lifestyle. So what, you didn't understand... Drinking or drinking wasn't... Just for me, it was more of an annoyance, a constant annoyance. I was like, oh, this is just ridiculous. And I think I just, yeah, it was just messy, messy, mm. messy. The thing that really annoyed me about the drinking was that, like, when you did drink and you your behaviour was ridiculous and quite, like, hurtful, you would say, like, hurtful things... Or we'd have an argument and you'd be really nasty and say some horrible things. And then I would talk to you the next day and say, hey, last night, like you, you said this to me and you really hurt me. And you'd be like, not you and your feelings again. And that would really hurt me. Like you were horrible, like really insensitive. And then I think I got stuck in a pattern that I felt like nothing, like no, none of the issues that 
I raised were ever resolved because you would never own what had happened. So then I had this thing where it was like an unconscious thing where I just couldn't let go, like previous hurts that had happened along the way. So I'd become quite annoyed and frustrated and angry. And, and I guess from, hard. Yeah, and I guess from my point of view, really like hard. some of it, like you probably, like, oh, I wasn't consciously aware of what I'd done when I was pissed because when you drink too much, you, your lights are on, but nobody's home. But as well as that, if I was to acknowledge your feelings, that would be saying that I did something wrong. So maybe I didn't want to say, look, I'm in the wrong here. Mm. And, and admit that I was in the wrong when I knew that I was. So then there's that shame and the guilt and that sort of feeds into you, you know, your self-worth that, you, that you, you, know, you already feel like shit and then you're fucking up and then you, you, you're getting worse and making things worse and worse and you're hurting the people that you love or I was hurting the people that I love and, and, and I didn't want to admit that I was wrong but at the same time I knew that I was wrong but I guess it was, and from what I'm hearing from you, is it feels like that we were both, I don't know, feeding off each other way, that like we we're pushing and pulling against each other, but not really coming together as a unit. Mm-hmm. That our feelings, and I was saying hurtful things when I was pissed, and then you would get hurt, which would be a normal reaction, but I wouldn't want to own my part in that because that would make me wrong, and you were hurt. And so I never wanted to admit that I was wrong, but at the same time I was wrong. Yeah, so it sounds like it's a it's a very, like, yeah, a complex dynamic. Yeah, and I think that, it, like, with the guilt and shame, like, it just continues. So the cycle, like, it, it, just, con- it just continued. So you would just, you'd feel bad, so then you'd just go and do the same thing again, and... And then I'd get annoyed and angry and I'd be upset and then I would react to whatever situation the situation was and that could be different from time to time. I'd be like, oh, my God, you're at it again and and just out of pure frustration. So I think it was just, yeah, just a never-ending circle, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I guess... And I don't think I was, like, sometimes I maybe I wasn't necessarily reacting to what was actually happening. I was reacting to the 300 things she'd done previously. Yeah, and I was react, reacting from my 300 drinks. <laughs> I wasn't reacting at all. I was just... Offline. Yeah, the lights were on but nobody was home. So we were just... So we weren't on the same wavelength and we weren't really, you know, like we were... I guess we were just trying to be together but... You know, deep down inside, we knew we. I guess we both knew that we loved each other, but it was just we were just fighting against each other. With like, I was fighting against myself. With and I was fighting against alcohol, and I was fighting against the fighting against maybe the feeling that I was wrong, and the you know the probably the part where you know admitting that I made mistakes and taking ownership of my life, and maybe being told you know, that you've got a problem and, like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, but nobody wants to admit that they've got a problem. No. And and that's a, this is the thing with alcohol, though. It's really, when I talk about it, like, the reason why I keep banging on about this shit is because it's such a slippery slope. 
Because one day you, you could be like having six beers with your friends, the next day you could be having 12, and nobody says anything. And then, then there, we've got people like myself treating my family like shit every fucking day. And nobody will stand up and say, like I'm standing up and saying my shit. Yeah. I fucked up. Yeah. You don't hear that from people. You just, everyone just pretends that nothing happens. Yeah. And like when we were together, we were pretending that everything was fucking a-okay, but it wasn't. And this is the problem. And like addiction of any form, you know, gets swept under the rug and every family just pretends that everything's all right because they're scared that what well, people will judge it's them. It's embarrassing. And stuff. It's embarrassing for me. It's embarrassing for you because I've got my self-worth issues and then, you probably think, well, if people judge you, they'll think, oh, you're, you're a fucking idiot. So it's a, so you, you need to, for what I'm trying to say is that for progress to be made, you know, like the person with the addiction, which is whoever's listening to this, either the, the partner or the, or the person with the addiction needs to take ownership of their lives for themselves and that, and own the fucking shit that they do and be accountable for themselves. Because until until I took ownership, nothing would change because it wasn't my fault. It, you can say, like I've had a drinking problem before I met Amanda and so Amanda wasn't the cause of it. But maybe in some ways you felt that you were. Um, no, I didn't actually. like, And I think this is the, I guess it's the interesting for me to look at and to reflect on. Like like what I've learnt about myself through living living through Jason's journey I guess that I was heavily a part of was that like my stance was that like this is bizarre. I'm not, I actually don't have a problem. I haven't done anything wrong and Jason's got the problem. That's how I felt and actually, and I don't know if that come, comes from ego or because I don't think that I would classify myself as somebody with a massive ego. I don't know, but I just thought, oh, this is not my problem. I haven't done anything wrong. Like I haven't contributed to this and I haven't, like I haven't created it and Jason's making a choice. And so I think in the dynamic of the relationship, Jason probably felt as though I'm just speaking for you. I wonder whether or not you felt as though like I was looking down at you. Yeah, this is, yeah, no, like there's something wrong with you. There's not something wrong with me. And what I learnt was that, you know, I was probably am, you know, like just as maladjusted as what you are, but just use different avenues or different ways of expressing that. I've certainly got my own issues and I thought through this journey, if I keep on saying, oh, you need help or trying to, you know, get help by ringing the cat team and I rang the cat team and got you picked up and you, know, you got locked up in Marunda for a week and I was like, oh, this is going to, this will be it. He's going to get help this time and everything will be good. Well, it wasn't, you know, like there was a million scenarios and I, looking back, I think the more I ejected sorry, put myself into the position of, oh, I need to fix this. Oh, what can I do to make this better? The worse it actually got. When I was like steering the car, life, it was just a disaster. So everything I tried to do, I don't actually think that it really helped. What I think it did was that it, it created like massive anxiety for me. Yeah. yeah. And also the more, I guess, the more you pushed, pushed me 
the more I push back and so and when I'm pushing back and that's talking about not you know not wanting to be like take account of ownership or accountability for what I was doing and and saying that I like because you say that you're looking down on me but I guess it's right it's like you you feel like you're a piece of shit so you want to drink more and then you want to go when I went to got stuck in the psych ward, the public psych ward, where people were smoking ice and stuff like that. And, and yeah, just all crazy, like absolutely crazy stuff, like people just walking up to each other and punching each other in the face. And here's me sitting in the corner, shitting me pants, hoping that I survived this. And and that just built resentment. And that just, in, in, in my mind, I was like, fuck you, I'm not doing nothing. Wow. So, and, and, and then, and I guess... It was just like a game of like a poker. We kept raising the stakes and raising the stakes, and and the more that I drank, the more drugs that I took, or the more the more, I guess the more we just raised the stakes on each other. The more time she sent me to rehab when I didn't feel like I agreed to go, but the more yeah, the more times she pushed me to go, more times I pushed back, and 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 it didn't work. Ultimately, I've been to re- rehab quite a few times, four or five times. I don't know exactly. Well, why did you agree to go? Oh, because I thought it'd be a holiday. You know, some of the rehabs. Really? Yeah, well, some of the rehabs I went to were, were too bad. Yeah, I thought, okay. oh, well. Oh. You know, the worst case scenario is they dope you up to the eyeballs and you can walk around like a zombie and, you oh. know, you, know just... you can you can touch touch base with the rich and famous. Well, I just want to let you know that the week you were in Marinta, like, I had a really nice week. Oh, I just want to let you know the week that I was in Maroondara, I soiled my pants. And it was lucky that you didn't bring me any pants because yep. for the whole fucking week. No, I didn't bring you anything, did I? No, you bitch. Yeah, no. But, like, so what we're saying is that if you've got a partner or, or your partner's pushing you to stop, it's not going to work if you keep pushing back. Mm. What you've got to, like, or... Or the other partner, or the partner is pushing you to stop, because what's going to happen is one's going to push, and like this is what I felt. Each time the stakes got raised, what you have to do, or what's a good thing to do, is the partner of this person with the addiction is to take a step back and start to get their lives in order and their mental health and look after them, and then the person with the addiction will do them. And and that's probably where... Really hard. Yeah. Well, you, well, you're seeing someone destroy themselves, but at the same time you want to help them. But, the, yeah. yeah. The more that you help when they're not asking for help. Yeah, well, you're not even playing the game, are you? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, maybe. Like I, I would, like, I would never want to go through that period again. Yeah, I would never wish it to happen again, and I don't believe it would happen again. But I guess if I had my time again... I would disengage and and just not get involved because it, it without sounding holier than now because I'm not I'm certainly not it wasn't my problem like it wasn't my problem to take responsibility for and but I could certainly take responsibility for my reactions and behavior in just the absolute shit show that it was at times yeah but even, like my drinking wasn't your fault and, yeah, and you weren't responsible for that. Oh, no, I don't believe that. Uh, and you didn't cause that. And But I guess what happened is we were just trying to, I don't know, raise the stakes on each other. And, and I don't know if I consciously was, like, trying to raise the stakes on you. I think 
I don't know if that was a conscious thing. I don't think it was. I think it was like, I guess, like the anger was starting to really boil and I was, you know, in a fearful state all the time because I was like, what's go-? I was always thinking, what's going to happen? Like, what, what's going to happen? Like, are you going to explode? Are you going to fall down and break your neck? Are you going to get in the car and kill somebody? Are, what's going to happen? And I think probably I felt more anxious like after you had the stroke because at before that, there, I don't really think that there was any massive, like, horrible things that had actually happened that you, you couldn't really come back from. Do you know what I mean? Apart from you just acting like a dickhead yeah. and upsetting people, which wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. So, but after you had the stroke, I was really anxious because you know, I believed that, I mean, I was told by the doctors that they believed that you'd had a stroke, you know, due to... The alcohol abuse. Yeah. So that was really scary. Well, it wouldn't be within the realms of possibility that, you know, that, you know, that the alcohol did play a part in the, the stroke. And yeah, like in, and the fun, like with, with the stroke is, like when you're talking about it, it is that there was a chance that I couldn't come back from that, well, that no. I could have been disabled. Well, they didn't know. So yeah. when, because I went in, I think Kelly was with me and we come in to see you when you were in the coma. And it wasn't, I think it was the following day. I think it was the, yeah, I think it was the following day. Yeah. And you're in a coma and we were told, or we actually don't know what's going to happen. We don't, and like, we don't know whether or not he he will be okay. We don't know how we're going to wake him up and we're going to see how he wakes up, what he wakes up like, but we didn't know. And they couldn't, the doctor couldn't say, because I said, you know, is he going to die? And they weren't sure. Like, but what they did say was, is that if you were to have another stroke straight away, then you probably would die. And if you were to drink again, you would die. Hmm. It was, yeah, really horrible. And the funny thing is, I did drink again. So here I am. I'm still, still alive. So I've got more lives than a cat. And yeah, I've probably but, used them all. And a few more for some other people, maybe. That's why I've got two cats. <laughs> Because I borrowed their lives. So, yeah. 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 But, yeah, I kept on drinking. And then I guess we had a few more mental health, yeah, related related issues that that kept raising the stakes for, in terms of, it came to a point where I had to either start to go, it's time to stop drinking or basically lose my family. Yeah. That was the bottom line. And, and it wasn't all up to all up to Amanda either. There was, you know, there was... There was no children and... Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good for them. So, but it not only was it not good for them, there was other parties involved that, you know, that were taking the choices out of our control. It wasn't that Amanda was going, oh, you have to go or piss off. Other people were saying that I had to sort my shit out or piss off. Mm. And I guess that's when I realised, hang on, that... It's starting to get serious and probably might have to take it a bit seriously because like when you, like when I was just started to drink, like towards the end, I guess I was drinking so much that I was actually losing touch with reality. Yeah, I can remember like nights, like really strange. I'd be like laying in bed at three o'clock in the morning and I'd wake wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I'd be like, where's, where's Jace? And you were outside 
for about two hours just looking around, like up at the trees and just walking around out the front. And I went out and said, what, what are you doing? It's three o'clock in the morning. And you were convinced that the cats had got out and you were looking for the cats and you'd be out there for two hours. Just really strange things. Yeah, yeah, but I know, you know, in a few occasions where I'd be, was in hospital, because I went to hospital a few times for various unrelated things, just minor headache and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe oh, I needed maybe, a mic. Maybe we called the ambulance and oh, got the, picked up. Ambulance, the ambulance would come and take me to hospital and they would put me on. Uh, but what I now know is they were, they were watching me quite and and I thought that I was a very special patient at times because the nurse would sit with me for the whole night watching oh, really? me. Yeah, quite a few times. The nurse? Yeah, oh. they, because I was like the number one patient of right. the night. There's, there's a reason why they were watching me, why that was. Yeah. Why was that? Well, because of my mental health. Mm. So, so yeah, like I so say, obviously where I was mentally wouldn't... I, yeah, I wasn't, but I was, I guess I was conscious enough to like... Well, you- yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I was conscious enough to realise that I didn't know what, where I was or what was happening, but I could bullshit. I knew exactly what to tell them to get out. Yes. Yeah, so you would often, yeah, you'd get picked up and get get assessed, and then I remember, I remember one occasion that Simon rang me, your, mm. your cousin from you know, Simon from in Sydney rang me and I thought, oh, this is strange. And he said, I need you to go and pick Jason up from such and such hotel. Sorry. Yeah. From such and such hotel. And, um, Jace, I had to go and pick Jason up from a hotel and he was like walking back on his way back in the hospital gown, which was really bizarre. I found it. Yeah. We had a few, few events like that. Yeah. Didn't we, Jace? I was just saying that when Simon rang and I had to come and pick you up, yeah. pick you up from the hospital, but you were walking down the road in the hospital gown yeah, with my no underwear and, yeah. Yeah, because I pissed my pants as well. I remember I pissed my pants because I really needed to go to the toilet and I pissed my pants. And, and you went in to I, the shops. Yeah, I went into the shop to get some date because I was hungry as well. And But I didn't, I remember this. Like oh. the funny thing was, is I had my phone with me, but I couldn't work out how to use it. I thought there was something wrong with it, and I was like tapping away. And, and you must have rang Simon, did yeah, you? Yeah, like Simon. You, yeah, you wouldn't normally ring Simon, would you? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just in the context. I know somehow, but I couldn't work the phone properly for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe there was something wrong with the phone on that particular day, but for some reason, I couldn't understand what, or what the phone meant. That could say that maybe I had lost the plot, but that's cool. And we all lose the plot sometimes, and yeah. it's okay to lose the plot. But what's not okay is to keep continuing to do it. And I guess that, yeah, with the bullshit that you know that we've been through, it just shows that you can continue in insanity and not recognise that you're actually in insanity. And I was going insane from the drinking and not actually recognising that. I was actually losing my mind. and Well, you were. And, like, you were diagnosed what, with, I think, the last time you went to the rehab in Melbourne, you had a psychotic, what was it? A psychotic, yeah. Yeah, breakdown or something. Yeah, caused by, yeah, the alcohol. Yeah. And that psychiatrist said you were lucky yeah. to come out of that. 
Yeah. Yeah, because you I, were crackers. Yeah. Well, I think it's drug-induced psychosis. That's it. Drug-induced psychosis. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. That was interesting. Bloody Panadol does it to you, doesn't it? Had too many Panadols one day and then, but yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. So, and then I guess what we're saying now is basically if we could just uh, sum it up, what happened is that we came to a point where I had to either go into recovery or, or lose my family and then what whatever, like that was, the, I was out on my ass and, and I had like, so it was a fork in the road. And it was a real fork in the road. It wasn't mm. like a, oh, could Maybe. you please stop? Yeah, it was a real fork in the road. And I had to, I really made some big mistakes. And, and I had to really go, okay, because I wasn't really aware and all that. Like, I had to go back to rehab. And, and when I went, you know, I went back to rehab. And I guess when I went back, I was like, I'll give it a red, red hot go. But at the time when I was there, it wasn't really cool. But... I don't know. Maybe. Do you think you really were given it a red hot go oh, the last time? Well, I don't know. I just think that I, I don't know whether I gave it a red hot go. I just knew that I couldn't. I knew I had to choose. Yeah. I guess that was yeah. the bottom line, and, and and it doesn't matter where you are in your drinking journey. At some point, you'll come to a point where you have to choose something. Mm. You either choose life, or you, know, you choose jail, or you choose, or you choose. A couple of times I've had to make a choice. You know, I had a stroke. Oh, that's where, you know, God's saying, hey, dickhead, you know what? You might need to pull it up. And then you do another thing and then another thing. And and all these choices, you, know, you get lots of ch- well, chances. You get lots of chances to, to do something different. And I was too stupid to recognise that that's the messages that were being sent to me. Mm. And, and I guess from your point of view, you guess... you. You could see it because you weren't in La La Land. Yeah. But then at the same time... Yeah, it was painful. Yeah, you you didn't want me to go through it, but there wasn't a lot that you could have done, really, was Yeah, Yeah, I'm not sure if if it... Had I have played it differently, if it may have... If it may have turned out differently, I'm really not sure. But I know that... I know that I felt I was stuck stuck like I felt like I didn't have any choices and because I loved you but I do love you and like and I I saw the person I believed you to be and Mm. I was correct with what I saw I saw all the good things about you and and I saw I yeah I saw the real you and and that real you didn't shine through when you had alcohol in your system I, I yeah I yeah I don't know whether or not it would have played out any differently, but I know in the end, like you were unwell, and in the end, I was like having, like I remember having anxiety attacks and stuff, and there was nothing happening when in the moment when I was having anxiety attacks, like I couldn't sleep because I'd be so scared, yeah. and like I'm still, I still have, you know, I mean it's calmed down now, but I still have problems with sleeping and I think it's from you know laying awake worrying about what's what was going to happen and I know even what's like the sound of the like when someone opens a beer bottle or a can Hmm. the sound Hmm. just the hearing the sound Hmm. will trigger yeah a horrible feeling in my body so yeah like it what I learnt was I had a lot of my own issues and and I don't think it was necessarily helpful 
make him sit there and say, oh, it's not my problem. And what I should have done was probably just stay in my own lane. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think it helped. And it, yeah, it probably, like you said, it probably fueled more resistance and animosity. But I don't know. Would I do the same thing again? I don't know. I hope not. Mm. I hope I'm, you know, like living a little bit more consciously than what I was. Yeah. But I don't take responsibility for your stuff. I take responsibility for, you know, my actions. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And and guess if, it, you know, if you're you're the drinker in the, the relationship, I guess the, the message would be that your choices have consequences and your the consequences of your choices are that you're going to hurt other people. And I guess acknowledging that fact and and being accountable, it's easier to go, oh, you know, it's not my fault and blah, blah, blah. But if you get stuck in that loop of, oh, it's not my fault and blah, 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 poor me, poor me, poor me, another drink, your family are going to suffer. And, and the people that you love and the people that are around you, your support network, you know, eventually it's going to shrink to a point where you don't have a support yeah. network and you're fucking person, on your own. person on the park bench. Yeah. That's why people get to that point. Burned Yeah. I was lucky enough to stop before I got to that point. But if I continued, I'd either be dead or at that point. Yeah. And that's what happens. And you, you say to yourself, how do people get to a point where they're sitting on the bench, getting pissed every day and looking at the world or talking to themselves and stuff like that? And the reality is, we're, some of us are a lot closer than we want to recognise. Just because you've got a job, just because you turn up to work every day, like I turned up to work mm. every day, pissed, yeah. hungover, and unproductive. And worked. Yeah, I worked. Like, and I started a business while I was pissed. So, you did quite well. Yeah, but you know, just imagine if, you know, if I didn't have that, what, basically a handicap of being an, a dickhead. Yeah, being a drunk. Or an alcoholic or whatever whatever label you want to put on it. It's a handicap, whatever way that you want to do it. If you're getting pissed every day, you're handicapping yourself. And you're stopping yourself from being the person that you want to be. And mm. you're hurting the people around you. So you need, you, you need, and it's not like, oh, it'd be nice if you could stop drinking, please. If, if you're listening to this and you're drinking every day, or even if you're drinking to excess at times... You need to fucking stop. The end. The bullshit has to stop. Like, I'm very passionate about this. Like, I, I believe that you know, that we don't have to keep making the same mistakes. Like, I've made all the mistakes for you. So now you can go, oh, listen to this dickhead and go, well, hang on a minute. If he's on this. I think you fun. If you were able to, you were able to turn it, turn this situation around, I think anyone could because... Oh my God, like the, the situation that the last situation that you were in, I don't know whether or not I really believed that you would be able to come back from it. Yeah. It's how bad. But it so would. So if there's hope for you, there's hope, there's yeah. hope for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but it wouldn't matter what situation it was, mm. what situation it is. Yeah. The situation when you can, like, when you get to the point where, where I was. It would have been this situation or another situation. It would have just what what happens is the stakes just get raised. Yeah. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter what the situation is in your life. If if you're coming to a point where you're starting to have alcohol related problems, they they're, they're going to keep increasing. 
Yeah. Whether that's drink driving, whether that domestic violence, whether that's trouble with mental. mental health, all these things, they're signs to say, stop the fucking... Put, yeah, putting this shit in your body. Like, it's not... It's, it's like forcing yourself to be disabled when you don't need to be, I guess. It's, mm. a, it's a conscious choice that you're putting the well, shit in. Well, I think... Look, I could be wrong because I'm not... I'm no expert on the subject, but I think... The first drink's a choice. Mm. I, I think to take the first drink is is a clear choice. But I think after the first drink, I think all choices are out the window and you're flying flying by the seat of your pants and, yeah, for the brain's best. offline. Yeah. Like, first choice. The yeah, first well, drink would be a choice. Well, well, it depends. Like, you know, I believe oh, well, that... No, well, you know, we don't have to agree. Right. And well, you know, for people that are listening might might say, oh, well, it's oh, not well. a fucking choice. Oh, Some well. people believe that it is a choice. Some people believe that it isn't a oh, choice. Oh, look, it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah, I believe that if you drink it, you just have to stop. Whether it's a choice or not, you can argue that till the mm-hmm. bloody cows come home, mate. But at the end of the day, if you're drinking, the choice is stop, the end. Yeah, well, it's, if it's, it's a problem for you. Yeah, well, yeah, like... Yeah, or if, or, or if other people around you are saying, oh, I think this is a problem or I think you've got a problem, then you possibly do because I don't think people really like to talk about this sort of stuff. Yeah. Like not strangers because they wouldn't be saying it, but if there's people in your you know, in your group and you know, your friends or family are saying, oh, I think, there's, I think there's a problem here, there probably is because no one wants to have that conversation. It's the elephant in the room and no one wants to have these difficult conversations, I don't think. No, of course not. And like I've said before, uh, the problem with alcohol is that it's widely accepted. And, it, and, and it's Australian it, culture. Yeah, and it's wide, well, it doesn't matter what culture it is. You can go to any shop and buy it. Like in America, it's in the supermarket. It's not separated from, mm. like, it's just another product. Mm. You know, like, I, you could go to the shop right now. I could go to the shop right now, buy five slabs of beer, Drink them all today, no, and nobody would question why you're what buying you're five. It. Yeah, why, why are you buying five slabs of beer? But if you go and buy five five grams of illicit substances, they'd be like, "Well, you're in trouble." Yeah, <laughs> you're in big trouble. But you could go to the shop and buy as much as you like, and nobody would flick an eye. And then you can come, you can come home, get pissed in the you know in the comfort of your own home. Nobody knows that you've got a problem. And you don't even, and now it's even easier because, oh, you run out of beer. Oh, shit, what do you do? You Uber, Uber it. Yeah, Uber Oh, it. thank God. Yeah. Thank God. You wouldn't, even <laughs> have, yeah, you wouldn't even have to leave the house. Oh. Yeah. What do you, what, what, is there anything from here that you mm. want to say that you feel that, you know, that you could add to the discussion? Um, Anything I want to say that would add to the discussion? Yeah. Is there anything that we've missed? No, I guess, like, because of like you sharing your journey, I think lots of people have come and talked to me about like the alcohol and the people that have had people that have problems in their life with their partners that drink too much and and they've often said, oh, well, what do I do? What you know? What what can I do? And I guess my advice is that I don't think it matters what you do. You could turn yourself inside out, but if it wasn't, if the person's not ready to change. I don't think it matters what you do, what in in relation to them. I certainly, yeah, wouldn't be having a conversation with somebody that had too much to drink about their problem. That's probably not a good idea. But what I would do is I would look after myself 
and, and encourage people to look after their self and whether that's via Al-Anon or Alateine for the kids. Yeah, and like getting support outside of that relationship and and trying to remain open with people that you trust. And you know, it's, it, it is a hard road, but I would definitely say, I, I think you could turn yourself inside out. Because if all my efforts, like I think I did everything I could think of, do you know? Do you think it made any difference? Not really. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't think in some ways I was lucky to. I was lucky to have Amanda that had my back. You know, constantly had my back because I didn't have my back. And if you're drinking, you don't. You not. You don't have your back because you're just shooting yourself in the back. And so we're talking about people that. But so you're consuming something that's making you do stupid stuff. Well, I just don't think it sometimes is. I'm not saying that you're like when you drink or when whoever drinks, like you're responsible for your actions. Whatever you create while you've had been drinking, that's on you and you did that. But I just, I don't believe that's the real person. Hmm. I don't believe. And I often used to say to you, Oh, Jason, your problems is that you don't see your worth, your self-worth. You don't see what I see. You're not a piece of shit and you deserve better. Yeah, hmm. but I guess but I guess at the same time you think while you're drinking, you, you, you can't see your self-worth because you know, you're stuck in that cycle of shame hmm. and guilt. And so like you, know, you feel shitty because you're doing shitty things and then you're being a shitty partner. You're, hmm. being, you know, you're just being shitty, basically. Yeah, horrible. And then... The, the feedback that you get mm, back is negative. Yeah, is all yeah is all negative. And, and you, it's not that it's not just that you're affecting like your partner, like you're affecting everybody you come into contact with. So everybody that you come into contact with, hmm. you know, in the end, you're affecting like you know, family, yeah. friends, because it's hard. Like no one's having positive interactions. Yeah. Yeah, which is really sad. Yeah, but the thing is, it's just recognizing it and. You know, like, and you're saying that you're not responsible, you don't believe that you're sort of responsible. It's talking about responsibility for your actions when you're drinking. You, you are responsible yeah. for your actions yes. when you're drinking, but you're maybe not consciously choosing what you're doing. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I believe that. I don't think I said that you're not responsible for your actions. No, yeah, you said you're responsible for your actions. Yes, so, yes. But I was saying, yeah. you know, you're not consciously aware sometimes you might not be even aware of what you're doing well, that you're causing because you're choosing to drink so the, the moment you start drinking your brains goes bye-bye yeah yes. it's a roll of the dice yeah so like sometimes you could get away with it and then you think and sometimes mm. you you think oh well if i got away with it once it should be all right now oh, and, yeah. and then you so the times that are okay you think oh well, it was okay They're less and less aren't they? yeah but as it progresses, it goes, the stakes of rage, that's where it's at. Yeah. And so we've done that one. So, and so did you, what did, what, did you have any feelings about like when the times that I went to rehab apart from, you know, relief? Oh, yeah, I guess I did feel relief at the mm. time. And I guess I felt really hopeful. I was like, oh, this will be, this is, you know, hopefully this is the last time and everything's going to be okay. I, I did, yeah, I did feel relief and annoyance. I felt annoyance. Um, I, was, I was angry, annoyed, annoyed that it would go away and mm. you, you weren't contributing and you'd leave me, I felt, in the poo. 
Yeah, so that annoyed me. Yep. Mm. So I had mixed feelings about it, really. But mm. yeah, I was happy that you were there, and I was happy to have the break, but I was annoyed. I was annoyed about how much money it cost. Yeah, but it's just part of the journey. Yeah, but do you, like, so some of the times that I was there, like like I've said and we've, we've discussed, like you're talking about the money mm. factor, I mean, it was like some of the times we went, it was like 20, 20 grand. Mm. And we didn't have to pay all of that, but we had to pay some of it. And the lost money. Yeah, well, yeah, the lost, yeah. you know, from income and stuff yeah. like that. But the, the that that it was only a small part of it. It was like also all the missed things. Like you, you missed. So like there was one Christmas that you were gone. Hmm. You missed that, and I, I felt like I was alone. It, there was times when I was really sick, and not just a little bit sick, but like really sick in hospital. When I by yeah. by myself and and scared, and you weren't there. It's just a whole range. Like there, you know, there was a graduation that was missed. There was, yeah, I don't know. It was part of the process. And I guess the, I guess the thing message is, is the sooner that you realise that there's a problem, and we, you can't fix fix it straight away. You might not be able to go, okay, bang. You've heard. You've heard my infinite no. wisdom and, and, and the problem's fixed. No, it's a process and, and yeah. I guess... And you couldn't, like, you, you, you could need to have 30 conversations yeah. about it before. Yeah, before you get there. But I guess the main message is that you've got to start where you're at mm. and then... And start talking about it. Yeah, and, and take it out of the darkness and, and like... I'm okay to talk about it now. I can say, look, I'm a fuck-up. Look, I'm the biggest fuck-up I know. But at the same time, I'm only doing this. It starts a conversation for other people. Do you really think I'm thinking, or do you really think I think, oh, I'm going to go and tell everyone that I've had a problem with alcohol? Like, it's not like something I'm proud of. It's not like I'm not, oh, I'm proud that I'm an idiot, you know? But for me, if I say, look, I've fucked up. This is how I fucked up. You maybe, maybe one of you won't fuck up the same way, and maybe the, you know, the problems in our relationship and and the problems that I've had in my life might be able to be used for something positive. And, and our pain, collectively, like the pain that I caused you, and the pain that you caused me, and the pain that we've caused our family, can and the pain that we've caused others can be useful good because otherwise it's just going to be a waste of time like what's the point of it all you know like that i guess that's me that's where i come from because i want to i want to help others and for a long time you know i've, I've struggled with the belief that you know, like you said that you know that i was a piece of shit or whatever and not good enough and things like that and even now i doubt like i doubt myself and i doubt I doubt my message and I doubt doubt what I'm saying, but I've said before, I just keep on doing it. Whether I doubt it or not, whether I doubt what I'm saying, I just keep saying it. And and I guess that's the message. You just got to keep showing up. You got to keep on rocking because you might not be able to fix your problem today. And you won't be able to fix it today because yeah. it's not fixed in a day. Yeah. And but it's not. start talking about it. Yeah, and it's not fixed by having a tablet, and it's not fixed by... No, it's a whole... Yeah, and, you know, and it's not just... You, you go to rehab and you're okay, four weeks later you come out and you're right. Yeah. It's well, a whole, it's a big journey. Yeah, well, you go to rehab and you come out and you're sober, you're like, oh, fuck, the world's pretty bright, and then you get pissed again. So, I think 
generally, like most people, and I can't, can only speak from what I've seen, and I'm not, I don't know percentages, but a lot of the people that I went to rehab with were like, it's when they were there, they were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to change my life and blah, 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 and all the bullshit. And then a couple of weeks out, they're back on the piss or back on the drugs. And, you know, that. So they're like they were probably there in the same sort of mindset that I was in. But I've got to do this. Yeah, I got. Yeah, everyone's different, but re- rehabbing itself is not the answer. It might be part of the solution. Oh, but, I think the solution may be huge. Yeah, but and looks different to different people. Yeah, but like I'm saying, yeah, yeah. like I'm not saying that if you go to rehab You're or right. don't go to rehab, that's not the the question. Your question is, I believe that you have to ask yourself: Are you ready to take the journey? Are you, are you going to stand stand up and uh, is your life worth fighting for? Is your family worth fighting for? I mean, that's what ultimately led me to where I'm at is to say, I, did I want my family or did I want alcohol? And fortunately for me, I chose my family. And even then, even when I was stopped drinking, like I stopped drinking for my family. I didn't stop mm. drinking for myself. Mm. And, and it's only since I've started, well, only since I've been sober that I've realised who I am and I guess the, get the benefit back. And now I, now I, like, I don't, I don't stop drinking now. Like, I don't drink now because of my family. I drink because... You don't drink. Because I, I don't drink anyway. Like, it, do, it doesn't matter what you, what stops you from drinking as long as something stops you. you you've got to, your why has got to be bigger than you how. And my my first why was my family. And then my second why, I guess, yeah, and my second why was then like, which is now, is myself. Oh, I don't drink because I fucking don't want to drink. It's not who I am. It's not a, like, it's like I don't drink piss anymore or camel's piss. And like, I don't go, I said it, I said it the other day, uh, I think on the podcast that I did the other day, it's like I saw these African tribesmen, they bathe in the cow's piss and, and they get the orange hair and stuff like that. And I'm, you know, I'm sure if there's somebody whipped out a cow and said, oh, you can have a free shower, I wouldn't be going to go and have a free shower of camel's piss or cow's piss because it's just not what, what we do. And for me, I don't drink. At the end, it's not a conversation that needs to be had or discussed even though I probably talk about it every fucking day, so that I hopefully that you get the message that you don't have to drink. You can have a life without alcohol. Life isn't going to be great straight away, and things aren't going to fall into place. No. But you, you can't start building shit on sand. You can't build a castle on sand or it'll just fade away. So you've got to build a good foundation, a good solid foundation of sobriety. And and whatever way you get there, you just got to build that first. Yeah. And you've just got to have the belief in yourself, and you've got to have a why, and you've just got to keep looking towards that why when things are hard. Why am I doing this shit? Yeah, just for today. Yeah. Yeah. Just for today, like yeah, you say just for today. That's how I got through mm-hmm. it because you know, like I, I didn't try and think too far ahead. Like I've always believed. And still to this day, I don't count how many days, how many days I'm sober. I don't have to worry about how many days I'm sober. I could have fifteen thousand on or one. the The thing is, 
I can only control what I'm doing right now. If you're worried about how many days you had in the past sober, yeah, it's good to have time sober and it's good. Like it's, I'm not, yeah. not dismissing that. But in, in right now, I could go to the shop and buy beer and drink and, and all that history would be, it would still be there and it wouldn't be diminished. But at the same time, how much time you've got sober or how much time you haven't got sober doesn't define where you are right now. Whether you drank yesterday, you can start tomorrow or today and go, okay, draw a line in the sand, get help, and start to move forward in in your journey of getting well. Mm-hmm. You don't have to feel... Well, we, we're talking about this because it needs to be spoken about. Great. Yeah, and families are hurting, and yeah. there has to be a point where we can go, okay, it's not okay. Why? And people like families need to talk about it. If 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 you need help, reach out. That's what we're here for. That's why I'm putting these messages out. You can get me at Jason at kickthepiss.com. dot com. Yeah, Jason at kickthepiss.com. I was going to put. You know, I've got. That. So that's what we're here for, and that's why we're putting the message out. Is because we want to be of service. Well, I I personally yeah. want to be of service. Yeah. That's that, beautiful. Yeah, well, that's that's mm, why. Yeah, that's why I do this. This isn't this isn't what I I guess this is my calling mm, that's more great. than anything. It's yeah. not. Yeah, it's it, it's it's not a job. It's not what I'm doing. It's not my business. It's my calling. Yeah, and I'm here. Yeah, like I believe in this message, and this is why I think that we need to keep talking about it. And this is why every day I'm putting content out there. And why every day that we're that we're talking about mm. it and getting closer to, you know, just normalising it too. Yeah, that and we can talk about it. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. Not everything's rainbows and lollipops. It's okay. Yeah, because I think with the the hiding and the shame, it just creates more. Yeah. And, yeah. It's and, okay. And the thing is that you'd be surprised, like of how many people are suffering with drinking every day and... and well, you would never know. Yeah, and you'll never know. And I suppose at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. What matters is if, you, if you're listening to this and you're suffering, I want you to know that you are not alone. There are thousands and millions and trillions of people around that are suffering exactly the same way as you. Yeah, and if there's hope for you, there's hope for you. Yes. Yeah. If there's hope for you, yeah. You can turn any shit show around, but you just got to start. And starting, whatever that looks like, is reaching out for help and asking for help. Yeah. And even talking to your family and even like having conversations like we're having now. Mm. And like, I couldn't talk like this to you or in the presence of you before and, and just be straight, okay, well, I fucked up, I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah, and I forgive you. Yeah. And I'm fucked up too. Yeah, we're all it's fucked okay. up in our own way, but, but I guess we've got to come to a point we've been able to, through my sobriety and having conversations, to be able to do this and be able to have this conversation. And, mm. and I guess hopefully this message is, is going to be of service to others. Yeah. And so what do you think about our relationship now? Like, what, How would you define it or describe well, it? We have, we have a great relationship. Yeah, I love you very much and I'm proud of you. Hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that you're you're my husband and yeah, I'm I'm proud of you. Hmm. Yeah. 
and I, I'm proud of the person you are and the person you are is the person I always knew you were. Yeah. So I'm really proud of you and, yeah, I'm happy that you you are where you are and, yeah, it's not perfect and nothing's perfect, but, yeah, we, we get along and you're my best friend. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No. Having you on. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, fella. We, we can wrap it up. We can wrap it up. Yep. We can, and then we, we'll wrap it <laughs> wrap up. It with up. The, yeah. So but yeah, I would just want to thank you, Amanda, uh, and just know that you know you're very loved and, and very appreciated. And, and I, I hope you've enjoyed this oh, experience. And I know it's yeah. probably a bit awkward, but it's all, it's awkward for me sitting here all the time doing talking to the computer. Yeah. But at the same time, like I said, we're doing this for a purpose, and. You know, I just want to thank you and oh, just know you. that I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to benefit from your insight. And I'm sure at another time, if any more our questions or any thoughts come up that for people, that you'd be available to yeah. another time where we're at, where we, you could give your input into different things at times. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you, Amanda, thank and you. thank you for having me. And Thank you for having me. Yeah, that'll be it for the Kick the Piss podcast number five. Where we got five, we got five out already, and well I, yeah, I've noticed quite a few of you are still continuing to listen, and and we're starting to gain some momentum. So I just want to say thank you, thank and you. really appreciate you. I appreciate giving your time and listening to my message, and oh. hopefully in some way I'm going to inspire you, or I do inspire you to. Continue working towards getting sober and, and living a sober life because there is more than getting pissed every day. So that would be my message for today. So and you can reach me at jason at kickthepiss.com and you can re- go to my website and get some free resources at kickthepiss.com. Awesome. And yeah, and that's what we're all about. So I would say thank you very much and have a great afternoon, evening, night or day or sandwich. I don't know. Peace out, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Kick the Piss podcast with Jason, the founder and head coach at Kick the Piss. Remember, you are not alone.